Thank you for tuning into a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Has anyone here ever rode on an elevator before? All right, good, good. That was a trick question. Just to make sure you're awake amidst the earlier services. I'm glad you've rode on an elevator before. But th the reason I ask is there was a test that was done where people walked into an elevator. And this research group, they put some people facing the other direction, facing the back of the elevator, which then impacted others to turn the opposite direction as well. Even though they knew full well where the door is, even though they've stood in an elevator numerous times in the past, even though, they, what, even though they know what the social norm is, but when they saw that some people were facing the other direction, they changed. Here's a little scene from the research. Check it out. One other member of our staff will face the rear. And you'll see how this man in the trench coat <laughs> tries to maintain his individuality, but little by little, he keeps turning a bit. It's funny, right? But it's so easy to act, to be, to do, to walk, or to go in the direction that everyone else is, isn't it? It's easy, and many times we're just so used to conforming at times, conforming to what everyone else does. Growing up, I conformed to trends quite a bit. Uh, for me, like, it started with, like, jeans, right? Like, it was, like, carpenter jeans growing up, and then it was, like, boot-cut jeans, and then skinny jeans, and I think it's now, like, 90s baggy jeans. Like, I think that's what's in. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I don't even know what to wear anymore. I think I should have held on to my 90s baggy jeans, I guess. Like, probably would be in now. But if you know what a 30-some-year-old should be wearing, let me know. That'd be amazing. But I conformed to what was in for jeans. I've said this before, but I also conformed to putting sun into my hair. Like, that was, like, the in thing in, like, the 90s. You put sun in. And then also with that, faux hawks. So that sun in, faux hawks, I conformed to that. I had that going on. Uh, I grew up in Berlin, which is a tiny town, and I wasn't a fisherman, but I wore fish hooks on my hat because that's what you did in Berlin. You wore fish hooks on your hat. You wore a Carhartt hat. That's what you did. I conformed to that to, that to fit into my town. I bought or uh, I popped my collar because uh, I was a soccer player and I was just a cocky person. So I felt that's what I needed to do. I conformed to that. Um, I bought an Instant Pot maybe three years ago when everyone was buying an Instant Pot. And then I think I've used it like two times total. Anybody else own one of these? Who uses it often? Oh, oh, the hands are going down. Okay. I listened to Nickelback like when they were huge, as everyone was in the Nickelback, it seemed. And now I never pick like one of their songs to listen to, even though it was all the rage. I conform to what others did. Don't you at times? Yet Jesus... Jesus was quite the rebel. He was the nonconformist. He, he walked and he did things others didn't and still don't do typically. 
Jesus, he walked and he lived a particular way, and he wanted people to follow him. Today, whether you're here as a Christian or just someone who got maybe arm twisted to show up to church here today, I want you to know we're kicking off this new series called Walk This Way. And we're talking about the way Jesus walked and why you would maybe want to walk his way. And I get it. The series, it maybe brings up a few songs in your mind, specifically like the Aerosmith song is maybe what comes to mind, like Walk This Way, right? Is anybody maybe thinking that when I said the series? Okay, some of you. It's a decent song, but maybe for you, you weren't thinking that song. Maybe you were thinking Walk It Out, Soldier Boy. Like, you're like, that's the song that comes to mind with this series. Or maybe it's Johnny Cash, Walk the Line was what came to mind. Or maybe it was Star Walkin' by Lil Nas. I don't know. Like, we're all different, right? Whatever song comes to mind for you, this series, it's titled the way it is because Jesus walked and he lived a certain way. And he wanted all types of people to follow him and walk his way. Matthew 4.19, it says this, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. That's a request he made to his disciples or someone who would be a close follower of him while he was here on earth. But if you were here at our Christmas Eve service, we had like almost 500 people here. It was, it was awesome. But you probably saw this verse and maybe remember it. It's Matthew 16.24. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. The follow me is a call to us, but it involves giving up our own way. So in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to analyze how Jesus walked, how he lived, so that we can follow him. We'll talk about how we can respond to that call of taking up our cross and giving up our own way, and why you would maybe even want to do that. But the response to walking his way it's different for each of us. It's different for each of us. You and me and that person next to you, we're all different. We all have different backgrounds, upbringings, current situations. I mean, I saw some of your faces when I was playing some of those songs. You're like, wait, who's Aerosmith? I saw some of you maybe do that wins. I saw some of you maybe say, did he just say Lil Nasty? Or Soldier Boy, like with a J? Like, I saw some of you, like, but the point I'm pulling this out is we're all different. We're all very different. Walking with Jesus, it's a choice that has some similar sacrifices and life changes that all of us have to make, but the initial response and the journey of that life change that you have to go through to follow him and be obedient to him through what you've been personally given can be very different for you and for others around you. So as part of this series, what we're going to do is we're going to study Jesus' followers as well. Not just the 12 disciples, but the people who Jesus had encounters with while he was here on earth. If you look to the Bible, you can see Jesus, he, he interacted with quite a range of different people. He had fishermen, he had tax collectors, he had zealots, which were religious radicals. He had farmers, he had women who back then, that was culturally very unique to follow a religious leader. He had young, he had old, he had rich, he had poor there were just so many different people of different occupations, status, financial backing, ages, just like you and me today. So over this next month, we're going to study some of these specific people in the Bible who chose to follow Jesus as either a disciple or as someone who maybe just followed him kind of as a groupie or someone who maybe chose not to follow Jesus. To give you a little glance of what's to come through this series, a few people in particular we're going to look at is Mary Magdalene, 
We're going to look at Nicodemus, a religious leader. We're going to look at Peter, a disciple. We're going to look at Matthew, a disciple. We're going to talk about a few others, like Jesus' mother, Mary. We're going to talk about Thomas, another disciple. We'll talk about the brothers James and John. If you've been in the church world for a while or a lot of years, I hope some of these names or hearing some of these names is intriguing to you because you maybe don't know a ton about all of these individuals. But when you do know them, when you do know the background of each of these people, you can see they had various backgrounds that are different than us, but also similar life situations that I think we can identify with at least one of them. I mean, without going into too much detail about each of these individuals we just saw, I want to point out a few examples of them. There's a person on that list that I pointed out who has a rough past, who felt purposeless, and to follow Jesus would mean they would have to start seeing themselves with value to God. There's another person on that list that you just saw, someone who had a cush lifestyle, it's comfortable, and to follow Jesus would mean to lose some of that, of truly being humble and loving and serving others before themselves. Another person on that list is, is kind of a pull-yourself-up-off-your-bootstraps type mentality where they feel that they work for what they get and they aren't following anyone else's ideas of what they think is best. And to follow them... Would, or follow Jesus then, would mean to do something abstract and different than what they know. Or finally, there's another person on that list who does everything right to the law, to what's safe, to what makes them content with life. But to follow Jesus would mean taking a risk. I mean, you can relate with one of these statements, right? Felt worthless or without value, felt content with your lifestyle you're in, confident that you can figure it out on your own or, or just prefer predictability better, I think we can connect with at least one, if not more. So in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to study Jesus and, and these followers that I just pointed out over these next few weeks. And we're going to do that through what the Bible makes evident to us. We're going to use the Bible as our only source. But as part of this series, I'm encouraging you to check out the TV show, The Chosen, to help create some supplementary imagery in your mind to what we study in the Bible. And I want to spend a few minutes telling you why I think this will be a helpful tool to you. Um, the Chosen, who's seen it before? Who's heard of it? Who, like, loves it? Who hates it? Okay, so there's, there's various opinions about this. But for some of you that maybe, maybe are similar to me, I'm usually not really into Christian content like this. The, the movies, the shows, the music, it just it seems kind of boring, predictable sometimes to me. If that's you and you're thinking that about a show that maybe is on TV like this, honestly, I'm right there with you. That's normally how I feel. But I feel this show is different. What The Chosen is, is it's a TV show that's free, and what it does is it portrays the life and ministry of Jesus. It uses the Bible and then historical context of that time to do so. But since it's a show meant for entertainment, it's also a drama, right? It's a drama, and it's meant to be engaging. One of the slogans they use is, binge Jesus, as in, have this series be something like what most Netflixers do, like watch it consistently, one episode after another after another. But with it being a drama or a show that is entertaining, they have to add more to the biblical narrative to provide you with something that you're actually able to watch and witness, like every Bible-based TV show that's out there. Uh, so with that, as I say, watch the shows, and I have to give you some disclaimers. With The Chosen and any Bible show, there's assumptions that just have to be made and added when you make a drama like this. 
You have to make assumptions of the dialogue, the context, the settings, backstories, and details. So with that, there probably are some extras in the show, The Chosen, that you need to be cautious of and compare with your Bible on. But this was the statement that they made with The Chosen itself. They said, The Chosen is based on the true stories of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some locations and timelines have been combined or condensed. Backstories and some characters or dialogue have been added. However, all biblical and historical context and any artistic imagination are designed to support the truth and intentions of the scriptures. Viewers are encouraged to read the gospels. So the show, it's added a bit. But I think the imagery of it will help you put what you read into the, in your Bible into a good picture in your mind that I think will help you understand how you are to follow Jesus better, which is what we're all about here. In my humble opinion, I think it's an extremely engaging show. I think it's well-made. I think it's worth the watch, even maybe as a family. So throughout this series that we're in, Walk This Way, we're going we're gonna to tell the stories of the followers of Jesus directly from what we can read in the Bible, but we're also going to show some scenes from The Chosen to help create this image for you in your head. Watching the full show, maybe like ahead of time or after the sermon series, it could help you in your walk with God and your understanding, but it's definitely not necessary. You don't have to watch it ahead of time or after. It's just an extra resource available to you. Again, it's 100% free through the Chosen app, or if you're an Amazon Prime user, you can get it there as well. Um, but we also have a video that shows you how to airplay it to your TV if you're like not super techie. That'll show you exactly how to set it up on your TV or watch it on your phone if you're interested in that. We're going to send that out in my email tomorrow. So fill out a card and put that in the bin if you'd like that. But without me talking more about the show, I wanted to show you a little trailer of the show itself. Check it out. Let me tell you a story. You think that impossible things can happen? Miracles. I can never forget what I saw. I'm so sorry, I, I don't actually know your name. I'm Jesus. Are you dangerous? Maybe to some. I saw him. It was incredible. I need to know if we have a problem. The man claimed to be God. False prophecy. Again, I ask you, is there a problem? The so-called miracle worker? Jesus of Nazareth. Apparently something good can come from Nazareth. <laughs> Throw me like a stone in the water, watch the mud rise up. If we are going to have a question and answer session, every time we do something you're not used to, it's going to be a very annoying time together for all of us. There are righteous men on the lookout for you, and they are weighing every word you say. That's not for you. This is different. Get used to different. We didn't choose him. He chose us. I see you. Oh, I really don't like that man. Follow me, and you'll see more. I was one way, and now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. And so it's time. Let's go. It's quite good, and the stats actually prove it. 
They claim over 108 million different people have seen at least part of the show. They also claim that they're hitting multiple generations, especially Gen Z. So much so that they actually did a documentary on how the show can impact Gen Z. Gen Z is someone who maybe is in the ages between 10 and 26. Gen Z is the least church generation out there. They are the least likely people to choose to follow Jesus. But they found that this show has made some strides in actually engaging Gen Z in things of faith. If you're a Christian person in the room right now hearing this, that should excite you quite a bit. Because there isn't a lot that reaches the younger generation in faith, but this is. And if you're a Gen Zer maybe in the room right now, who's maybe not a Christian, this show might be up your alley to check out. In this documentary that they did on Gen Z, the chosen directors, what they did is they, they cast, or they didn't cast, but they got some random Gen Zers, and they told them that they're going to review this new show that's kind of a hit out there. Many of them thought they are going to be reviewing Grey's Anatomy, or Ted Lasso, which are also good shows too. Um, but it was The Chosen that they were going to review and watch and binge together. Of these nine or so young adults that were together, none of them saw the show before or professed to be a person who followed Jesus. But the documentary that is done, it follows their reactions and it shows how it impacted them after watching it. With that, I know I'm talking a lot about The Chosen, but I think taking time setting up this series uh, today is worth it. So I want to show you a little trailer of this documentary of these Gen Z individuals. Check it out. I chose not to believe in anything. And I said if I want to believe in God, you know, I'd have to believe in aliens and Sasquatches and the Loch Ness Monster and stuff like that. I think if Jesus were here right now, I wouldn't be ready to meet him. I feel guilty for so many things and... I just don't feel like I'm out at a place where I'd be okay facing him. I like to assume the best in people. And so when I'm in church, every time I see people, I always assume that they have their lives together. And I'm just like, here. Religion quite often is something that we've been a little disenchanted by. I'm not deeply into the faith like I used to be. Not knowing what religious TV show we're about to sit on a couch and binge watch with random strangers. We don't care if you love it, hate it. We hope you can at least relate to it. Help us understand what's happening here. This is not what I thought it was going to be, but it brings yeah. you in. It reminded me a lot of like Thanksgiving time with my friends. I mean, it seems cool, but I feel like very wary about entering into that domain again. I'm kind of terrified of going back to church because I feel like no one protected me. When I was little, I would pray and I felt like I wasn't hurt. I really have struggled in loving myself had to leave and like I was in an awful life situation. The fact that like Jesus is in here and he's saying, well, I came here for you. It was, it was big. I really liked that. If Jesus can love me, then I should be able to love me. 
This documentary is also a really good watch, and it's amazing to see and hear the transformation of like these young adults in a time where not a lot seems to work. Now, I get it. I'm doing quite a bit of build-up for this show, right? But the reason I wanted to spend all this time setting the scene for this show and this series is I think you can have a similar transformation as some of these Gen Zers in this video. Not just from watching the show, but from studying what it looked like for people to make real decisions to follow Jesus. For me, after watching like the first season of The Chosen for the first time, and maybe it was only eight months or so ago, again, I'm a slow starter, I'm not normally into that type of thing, and it, I think it came out in like 2018. But it just was so well done that there was actually this, there's the scene in the, in the first, or one of the episodes of the first season that has hit me harder than any other show or movie scene that I've ever watched in my whole life. And that's saying a lot because I've watched a lot of TV, all right? I've watched a lot of TV in my day, but it's hit me harder than anything else. But this show, in addition to following along in my Bible, has had a substantial impact on my daily following of Jesus. And it's moved me to be more reflective and decisive to follow Jesus fully, just like many of these Gen Zers did. I want that for you. I want that for you today. Like, whether you're a boomer here, or a Gen Yer, or a millennial, or whatever it is, I want you to follow Jesus. I want you to learn how to do that well. I want you to see how amazing it can be to walk with him. Again, Matthew 16, 24, it says this, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Where are you at in that daily walk right now? At first glance, like, this sounds all bad, right? Like, cross, give up my own way. Like, really? Why would I want to do that? I think, I think because it can be this journey that literally will change your life for the better and the lives around you simply by living your life more like what the creator of the universe intended for life to look like. You can live your own way, but if God is really the creator and he's given you direction, wouldn't it be better to follow? So think about this a little bit more. I want to talk about teeth brushing. Uh, does anyone brush their teeth here? Okay, one person. Great. Um, okay, y'all need to brush your teeth more often. Who brushes their teeth? Okay, I love it. All right, great. I'm happy that at least some of you are brushing your teeth. Does anybody's toothpaste bottle look like this? Nasty, right? Okay, no one else? Okay, awkward, because that's mine. Um, but anyways, like, that's my, that's my toothpaste bottle. Um, and, I, like, I use the toothpaste bottle, and, and what I do is when I get to the, kind of, like, the end of it, it seems you're always, like, kind of doing, like, one of these, like, fold it over. Who does that, like, when you're kind of getting to the end? Or, like, who's, like, a roller? Like, you roll the end? All right, so I'm seeing some of you. Who, um, who who's kind of just, like, squeezes, puts it on? It's kind of like your method of putting toothpaste on. Okay, yeah, so like that's what most of us do, squeeze. Did you know there's actually directions? There's directions on a toothpaste bottle. It says right here, for best results, squeeze tube from the bottom and flatten as you go up. Who actually does that? I think most of us are, th are this, right? You maybe had to act it out in your mind of like how you actually do it. You squeeze it, you roll it, but you don't have to do any of those things. You maybe could get better use out of it, and you could probably get the best use, or the, you could get the best use of the toothpaste for all it's worth if you just followed the directions. 
and squeezed how they direct. The effectiveness of what the creator or the manufacturer has told us on the tube can simply make sure that we get the most out of our toothpaste. The same can be with following Jesus' direction for life. You can squeeze it from the middle of life if you want and, and find out for yourself, trying to get more out of your own methods of doing it that are probably inferior, or you can live life to the fullest as God intended through following Jesus' ways. Yet it all starts with you choosing to start walking with him and to walk his way daily. Will you give that a shot? In our series graphic, along with like the chosen intro, is, it's this picture of all these fish swimming. All the gray ones are swimming in one, in one direction. They're spinning in this circle. And then the teal ones are starting to swim the other direction. And what that is to represent is going against the current, going against what everyone else does. Jesus was the first. He was the non-conformist. He was the different one who stood in the elevator, maybe the other direction, to show us it might actually be better this way. Sure, it might seem strange at first following some of his ways. I mean, I'm willing to bet each of us here have at least some hesitancy to do things the way Jesus did. Whether you're a longtime Christian or whether you're not a Christian at all today, you're going to have some hesitancy to do his things. The double take and the hesitancy, it's not wrong. It's not even wrong to wrestle with it throughout your whole life. It's just, will you choose to follow? And as the verse says, give up your own way. If you haven't committed to that, do you know what your hang-up is? What's your hang-up? For you, maybe, maybe you've just never encountered Jesus the way he wants you to live. You haven't had a chance to see it done, or it's been distorted by others who have misrepresented it well, and they've blurred what it really looks like. For you, maybe it's, you're just not willing to accept or to try or to apply any of Jesus' teaching because to you it's just religious mumble-jumble. I'm not even going to go into it because my past experience says that's what's better. For you, maybe it's you've lived your life through your hard work and what your upbringing tells you. So you're not going to follow Jesus in a certain area that goes maybe against that. Like how you forgive or who you forgive or who you accept or, or what you would give away or to who. For you, maybe your hang-up is giving up your current comfort. You don't want to do it. You just don't want to. In the Bible, lots of people had opportunities to follow Jesus. And some just chose not to. Today, I want you to think, which one are you? Are you a follower or not? I want to give you a few responses that people gave Jesus that chose not to follow him with his request. It's in Luke 9, uh, 57 to 62 is what we're going to look at. And it says this, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. We hear nothing in response after this, or after this person has this interaction with Jesus, as in this man didn't like the idea of being a consistent traveler at that time. He wouldn't give that up, so he chose not to follow. Then in verse 59, it says, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Based off of what a lot of scholars say and know, this man wasn't saying, hey, I need to go to my dad's funeral quick. What he's saying is, I'm waiting for my inheritance to come. I'm waiting for my inheritance to come to me. Then I'll follow you. Then I'll follow you. He wasn't willing to give that up. 
And then verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. I've read different interpretations on this, but this could have been a multiple-week party. Jesus' ministry was short. This man would have missed it if he waited, and he did miss it because he didn't follow You see, Jesus, he walked different than others. He chose to do things differently. These were the call of the first disciples and followers of Jesus, and it was a sacrifice and choice on their end. The ones that said yes, they got to experience and witness God do these remarkable things and learn the real way to live. Again, which one are you? Today, That call and sacrifice, it's a bit different now as you're not expected to wander around following a middle-aged man like around town and leave your family or not go to a funeral or whatever. You're not called to that. But you are still called to follow his ways today as in serve others, forgive, not judge, care, support, help, evangelize, give up your ways for God. And although that maybe looks different than what these early followers of Jesus did in the Bible, the question still remains for you. Will you choose to walk with Jesus? Will you follow his direction? And what thing is God tugging on you to give up your own way on? As a Christian for a number of years now, I've made a commitment to follow Jesus, right? Obviously, I'm a pastor here. Um, But it was initially a decision because I wanted all the perks Jesus offered. I like the perks of things. I wanted the perks he offered, eternal life, purpose, forgiveness, and I believed him to be God. I, I really did. So like, I was like, all right, I, I, that's why I'm, I'm going to say yes to this. But then my belief in Jesus as Lord, as King, as God, kept pushing me to his ways. And choosing to follow him years ago as a new Christian, that was a sacrifice and tough. And then today, choosing to follow him still today is still a sacrifice and still tough. I want to give you a little example of what it looked like for me early on when I first started to become a Christian. My firm decision to believe in Jesus, it had costs for me up front. Up front, it hit me, the things that hit me especially were my romance costs. It hit me instantly. My sleeping costs of sleeping in. I wanted to sleep in and I needed to be places in the morning on Sundays. My time cost of of serving and reading and praying more. I had to give up time to do some of that stuff. My socialization. Like a lot of my jokes before I was a Christian were super judgmental or super crude towards others. I felt I had to change that as a follower of Jesus. My my, My weekend choices also had to change. As prior, I let loose the way I felt I needed to. And finally, my default reaction to when anybody wronged me was retaliation or a punch, right? So like, though I had to change those things. Those were costs to me. These weren't easy things for me to give up, but these were my ways. But these were the early on things that I just felt I must do as a follower of Jesus. They didn't all magically happen overnight, and of course I'd succeed for a little bit, and then all of a sudden I'd come back and I'd mess up in certain areas. But there were these early things that I felt Jesus telling me or calling me to, saying, Aaron, this or these things are not for you to do. That's what I felt inside. It's kind of like this first episode or this first, one of the first scenes in the first season of The Chosen with a woman named Mary Magdalene. She, she's used to going to the bar and having that be how she lets loose and just gets over everything. Jesus says something different. Check it out. 
basically. That's not very long. There were areas in my life where I felt I needed to do the opposite of what I always did or what I saw others do. And I felt God tell me that. It's not for you, Aaron. It's not for you. Years later, I can see how some of those were the best decisions I made, best choices I made, that the God of the universe directed me on, on living life as he intended. Today, those things I just mentioned to you, they're not as much of a sacrifice for me. They're not that hard for me to do anymore. But I still have new hard sacrifices today or more things that Jesus is calling me towards that are in attempt to follow him as I continue to declare him to be Lord over my whole life. My continual decision to follow Jesus today, it still has costs. It's just different today. For example, today, I have this continual feeling that I must share who Jesus is to others. Even when I don't want to, it's a comfort cost to me now. When I'm in public or when I'm on vacation, I just feel like, ah, oh, I should just like say, hey, you know God loves you. Or, hey, you should come to church. I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it, but it's a cost to me. I have a money cost today. I feel following Jesus means tithing or to give. And as a pastor, it's not any easier to give money to God or a church, but it's this tug I have inside. I have an inconvenience cost, hauling a family to places for faith or rescheduling things in my life to serve with multiple kids is a lot, but it's a cost. I have personal opinions I have of things. Like, I think I know what's best when it comes to certain things, but it's not what God says. There's a cost for me to give that up. I have a people-pleasing cost. Like, I want people to like me, and I can become who I need to be. I can become friends with anybody. I know how to make that happen. But there are some things God does not want me to accept or to be a part of. There's a cost, and I can't people-please. These are the things God is calling me towards today. These are the things God continually says to me, it's not for you. This is me. What's it for you? As I wrap up today and we kick off this series, will you choose to walk with Jesus, to walk his way, even amidst the conformity temptations we all experience to do what others are doing, even when you might have to give up your own way? If you see God as Lord, God, the creator, Will you choose to respond to his call to follow? Again, the verse says, If you, any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you've never embraced that call before, I'm going to pray and you can accept it for the first time today. Or, or maybe today, maybe today you believe in God and you've done that before, but you know there are some things that you've been neglecting that God's been tugging you towards, but you've been neglecting, and maybe it's even been for years. You've been neglecting this certain thing. But maybe you, want, maybe you want to recommit to that, of saying, God, I want to follow you. I'm going to pray that God has us act on those things, and he helps us act on those things, and you can recommit to following him as Lord, if that's you, and respond to the tug to follow and give up your own way. I'm going to pray and that we respond to this call that's available to us today. Come, follow me, as scripture says. If you're interested in that request, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just giving us some clear examples through your followers, your disciples. God, as we study these people over these next few weeks, God, I just pray that we continue to figure out how to follow you with our own lives. 
God, some of us right now are saying, God, we want to follow you. We want your direction on life. You're the creator. We believe in you. We want your guidance. And then, God, some of us are saying right now, we want to recommit to you. We, we felt this tug, and we've neglected it for a long time, but now we want to commit to following you in these certain areas. And, God, I just pray that you, you make that easy for us. Help us figure out how to do that well. And then, God, as we, as we study following you, I just pray that it's something that we continually do with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.